first there's the shock. Now the industry has to prepare and facilitate for the recovery. Welcome to this special edition of the Velocity podcast. Aviation industry experts were not able to convene in person at the Farnborough International Air Show this year. The Farnborough team brought the event to the virtual platform with the FIA Connect series of digital events. Oliver Wyman's David Stewart was invited to participate in the aviation relaunch and recovery session, joined by Mike Delaney from Boeing and Leanne Ridgway from Collins Aerospace. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to this session on commercial aviation restart and recovery. My name is David Stewart, and I'm a partner in the aviation and aerospace team in Oliver Wyman Management Consulting. I'm here today as the moderator for a panel of select speakers with highly relevant knowledge to inform you on the topic to hand. I'll introduce the panelists shortly, but first I just wanted to reflect on why we're here and the importance of this topic. The impact of COVID-19 since February on our aviation ecosystem has been unprecedented and dramatic. By May and June, airlines globally had cut back capacity by 75 to 80% a huge proportion. I've worked through at least three aviation downturns and none has been more deep or more broad. Obviously, first there's the shock. Now the industry has to prepare and facilitate for the recovery. As ever, it's the airlines that pay the bills and the airlines need passengers to be happy to travel. We have to understand what drives traveler sentiment and consumer confidence. This is a huge topic worthy of many hours just by itself. But let me give you just three factoids from a recent Oliver Wyman survey into traveler sentiment. First, when asked what would be the key determinant for it to be okay to start your first air trip, the biggest factor was government policy and the lifting of travel and quarantine instructions. Second, the perceived hygiene and cleanliness on an airline has become one of the top three selection factors when choosing with whom to travel. But interestingly, the perceived airport hygiene and cleanliness is just as, if not more important. And last but not least, amidst all the kind of doom and gloom of the industry news at the moment, what I think was quite a positive outcome from the survey was when asked whether they had to travel the same, more or less, 75% of business travelers said that they would travel the same or more than they did pre-COVID. I want to introduce the panelists now, First, we have Mike Delaney. He's currently leading Boeing's Confident Travel Program with the aim of leveraging Boeing's vast resources to help the aviation industry safely resume global air travel amid the pandemic. Previously to this role, he led engineering in Boeing's aircraft development activities. Second, we have Leanne Ridgway. She's leading Collins Aerospace's cross-business task force called Redefining Air Travel. Her day job before COVID struck was, and probably still is, head of Collins Information Management Services Group. The key question here is, how do we best get people flying again? What's needed to shore up consumer confidence and aviation on a sustainable basis? So, Micah, I'll start with you first, if I may. Let us know what Boeing is doing and what the levers to restore this confidence are as you see it. Thank you, David, and thanks for hosting this panel. Yes, I'd like to talk about how we're thinking about it. And you alluded to my background in engineering and Boeing and most of the people on this panel are aerospace people. We're not medical professionals. So we sat down and said, okay, as a chief engineer in aerospace, we think about 
threats to airplanes. And that's how we design and architect the safest system in the world. Those threats could be external, they be lightning strike or wind shear. They could be internal loss of function, malfunction, succession of function. And so just like we approach the safety of the airplane, we said, let's think about that COVID as a risk or threat to the passengers and to the airplane. And so we said, okay, what would we normally do to think about that to ensure that we could restore confidence by building on aerospace principles and practices? And first, what we want to do is ensure a healthy travel journey and experience for both the passengers and the crew. Passengers to take advantage of going where they want to go for business or leisure. The crew and the baggage handlers and the gate agents, remember, that's their workplace environment. So it's a workplace safety issue for those folks. Just like in the airplane design where you would use multiple layers of protection, redundancy or independent layers, let's think about this approach that way. So we laid out three layers of protection, the first being how to protect the whole journey because disease transmission can happen not just on the airplane, but anywhere in the journey, the travel to the airport, check-in, security, baggage claim at the gate, anywhere. So we said, let's model that whole journey to understand it, where the risk points are. And we've then reached out to airports and airlines, suppliers, government agencies. How do we think about the risk in the travel journey? The second piece is then saying, okay, the airplane, when you're in the airplane, which traditional ground-based or terrestrial methods of social distancing are more difficult. First and foremost, we want to present the airplane in a clean environment. And so we've developed a clean airplane program, which is similar, again, to the maintenance program for the airplane or engine. So think about the activity that you have to do, the frequency, and the efficacy of it. So we're developing with our partners and with our airlines and the industry a cleaning program. And the third piece is then to sit down and say, we have to assume that there are going to be indexed passengers on the airplane who have the COVID-19 because so many are asymptomatic. And so how do we use the capabilities of the airplane to minimize the transmission in the flight phase of the airplane? And that requires detailed modeling of the environmental control system or the air conditioning system on the airplane, the geometry, the seat backs, whether it's a single aisle airplane, a twin aisle airplane, how people board the airplane, how you run the air conditioning system. And the good news is, is that the airplane, for design purposes of air quality and velocity and gradients, actually has an extremely capable system on it that really is very good at minimizing the transmission of, of COVID-19. So we're thinking about this as a multi-layer approach, and then we're thinking about it over three time horizons. I call it days, which is zero to 90 days, where we're responding to the airlines. Can I use this cleaner? How many times can I apply it? Will it impact the flammability of my airplane? Will it kill the disease? The second phase will be months, which is us positioning a set of capabilities with the airline. So as air travel capacity and load factors come back, the airlines can handle this increased demand on them and the air travel system can. And the third phase will be a year to two years or a couple of years, which will be how do we harden the system and ensure that not only this pandemic, but any future pandemics or issues like this, the air travel system has learned lessons from this and hardened. And that's how we're approaching it. We're approaching it as an industry effort. We're being very transparent and open. We've taken a position. We're going to share all of our information and data and modeling results. We're working with governments and agencies, airlines, supply chain, because I think in all our best interest to have people believe and understand how safe it is to be on an airplane. And we intend to prove it with modeling that 
traveling on an airplane is as safe or safer than any other activity that people would do. And it's a risk decision, an average risk versus a specific risk decision that people are going to have to make. So that's how we're approaching it. Thanks, Mike. That's really interesting to hear. So I will move on to Leanne now, if I may, and just get a, an aspect, because I know you've been working on the, the airport angle of this and some of the ground side part of the customer journey. And airports are also key to the passenger journey, and they'll be part of the answer for any adoption of screening and health verification. So what's going on from your perspective in the world of airport technology and design? Well, good day. Thanks, David. Appreciate the opportunity to speak on the panel. And uh, just like Mike's been doing with Boeing, we've been actively busy working across industry as well. We have a shared approach and I think vision. It's refreshing to see everybody coming together at this time of need in our industry. And it is going to take all of us working together, industry, OEMs, airlines, airports, government agencies, all of the vast associations that have been coming together. And the, the good news is we've all got the same goal. We're working with academia, we're working with medical professionals, all trying to restore this confidence for the flying public. As we've approached the problem, we've dissected it. I think we're all looking at it as a system. And so to your point, we've got to have the journey from curb to curb. It's got to be as pristine as we can have it. So as we look and we just heard all the vast things that Boeing is doing and Michael's doing on the task force, we're doing similar things on board the aircraft with interiors, but we've got a large focus right now in the airports because, as we said, travelers want consistency. They want to know what to expect and they really want to make sure, per your opening comments, that whether they're traveling through the airport or on the, the aircraft, they can be assured everything that's possible that can be done is being done. And so I'll tell you, we've been pretty excited about what we've been able to do in a relatively short term for the airports. We know that airports themselves are doing a great deal with cleanliness, with changing some procedures, with also PPE and stuff like that. But maybe I'll focus a little bit here on my answer on some of the technologies that are going to further reduce virus transmissions at the airports. And I think first and foremost, biometrics is going to be the key enabler that's going to not only facilitate that for passengers, but also for the staff, crew, and vendors as well. And biometrics, I believe, will provide an easy contactless journey through the airport by utilizing uh, facial recognition and using that single token biometric journey that gets the passenger certainly from curb to gate. The good news about that is that technology is available today, and it had a business case previous to COVID in regards to saving space for the airports, to improving the passenger experience, to facilitating actually the efficiency of moving through the airport and boarding an aircraft. So now you add the added benefit of reducing contact with humans and by documents and face-to-face -face by using the biometrics journey, and you've really got an easy solution that will facilitate the reduction of the virus transmission. And so I think that's the number one key technology I talk about. In recent weeks, we've seen support for that recommendation come out from various associations like ICAO and IATA and ACI as well. And so we expect to see more continuation of that. So I think that's going to be the number one building block that we can do in the near term with technology that's already here. I think other technology that we've invested in and we're starting to see show up as mobile phone solutions to where you can eliminate the contact touch points of things like the kiosk and you can use your own smart device, mobile device to manage and manipulate that. 
that's also true through things like now utilizing that technology so that cash and money and credit cards aren't transmitted. You could also use your mobile and your biometric technologies for that. We also believe that there'll be a great need for using technology to reduce congestion points through the airport to kind of help on wayfinding. You can use a lot of the smartphone technology there to where you could be sending signals and cues that this TSA line or security line is, say, in a red condition with congestion. Maybe you want to go check in down here at a yellow or green congestion point. So we see that type of wayfinding and congestion technology coming into play here. Certainly, we would see things like off-site check-in and baggage processing and dropping. That happens today at certain places to kind of eliminate and reduce you know, some of that congestion. Another thing that's in the news would be the health screening. Certainly having anything from a single temperature check to maybe a multiple biomarker check where could be checking a, a layered approach to respirations and, and heart rates and things like that to get a more accurate reading. We also believe that there's going to be ability to bring in artificial intelligence to help airport operations to where you can do more finite manipulation of your gate and border and boarding and uh, the management of the systems throughout the airports. I think two other things that we've been exploring on use inside the aircraft that are also applicable when you get inside the airport would be different sterilization methods, different potential for UV lighting, showing very promising potential. However, we still have a lot of scientific experimenting to do to, to make sure that it's A, safe for humans and the right level, and then also that it isn't degrading the materials on the aircraft. So it looks promising, but we'll continue to explore that. And I think probably finally, I think we'll see potentially in the future, new antiviral coatings and materials that could be used in the aircraft, say in the gate areas and stuff like that, that could reduce the transmission of the viruses on surfaces. So a lot of innovation, a lot of technology that is in various stages utilizing Mike's three-phased approach to near-term versus a little bit longer term that I think is going to help not only with this situation, but any future viral transmissions. Thank you, Leanne. That's a comprehensive list. It's clearly a lot of innovation going on. There's a lot of opportunity to minimize that transmission risk. So that's fascinating. Thank you very much for that. Very clear, there's a huge amount of activity going on. You're all extremely busy. No surprise there. We're now at the end of the runway in terms of the session. So firstly, on behalf of myself, because frankly, I found this really informative and helpful. So thank you on behalf of myself and then all the listeners for this program. Thank you very much for your time and your insight and your thoughtfulness. My takeaway is the industry has energized itself to respond to what is probably the most dramatic crisis it's kind of faced in a long time. But if we get that cooperation right, the communications right, the integration of activity right, I'm very confident, having seen it before, that the industry will come back just as good as it was before. So once again, thank you to all of you for your time and thoughtfulness and Look forward to speaking to you live face-to-face -face at the Paris Air Show next year. Thank you for joining us for the special edition of the Velocity Podcast. We invite you to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next episode goes live. The full session recording is available on the FIN website. A link can be found in the episode description. 